Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to season three of your favorite podcast. This is One Out of Ten Would Recommend. On today's episode of One Out of Ten, we're going to talk about something that's affecting everybody across the globe, and it's something that we need to learn a little bit more about. Stay tuned. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first episode of our new season, season three. My name is Amir Malak, here with my co-host, Edgardo Lopez. So welcome, guys, to our first episode of, of season three. How are you feeling, Eddie? I'm feeling great, man. It's been a minute since we've recorded, but we're back. We're back, and we're changing it up by making sure you guys know where to find us on social media first. Exactly. Okay? So one out of ten would recommend on Instagram. That's really where we're at for the most part. That's where we're mostly present. But also remember, we do got an email. You guys can hit us up as well at one out of ten would rec at gmail.com. But make sure to go follow us specifically on Instagram. That's where you can find us the most. Back to the episode, man. What are we talking about today? Man, today we're going to talk about something that, as I mentioned in the intro, that's affecting everybody across the globe. And that is the good old <laughs> SARS COVID 2. Also known as coronavirus nineteen, right? Correct. Did, correct. Did I, did I mix that up? Wait a second. It's called severe <coughs> acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus two, also known as SARS two. I know the medical industry did not want to call this SARS two just to confuse it with SARS because it's significantly different uh, in certain aspects of how it's spread and, and how it actually evolves and affects people. So they decided to call it COVID nineteen. The nineteen stands for the year that the virus was actually found. Right, right, right. Exactly. So here in the U.S., I'm sure most of you guys know it didn't hit us until 2020. But obviously, I'm sure most of you know that it hit China, specifically started in Wuhan, at least West. That's where they traced the breakout to uh, 2019. So that's why everyone knows it as COVID-19 or coronavirus. Um, and we're really not going to cover too much about what the coronavirus is. I think by this point, you've got plenty of resources just for reference. We're recording on April 4th. 2020, just so you guys know, and a couple of figures on it. Right now, we are looking at the Johns Hopkins University of Medicine website that's tracking COVID-19 throughout the globe. And right now, as it stands, we're at almost 1.2 million cases worldwide. Wow. Worldwide. That's crazy. With the U.S. in the lead. You know, we're now we got to be number one at everything. <laughs> got to be number one. <laughs> um... And it's really not a joke, guys. We just, you know, obviously you guys know us. We try to keep things as lighthearted as possible, even through some serious things, because yeah. you got to laugh at something sometimes yeah. and just, you know, but we do know it's a very serious thing. So don't think we're making fun at it. There's a reason why we're doing this episode. Of course not. I mean, this is something that's, that's killing people, right? Yeah. It's affecting people across the world, economies, people, homes. It's not a joking matter, but at the same time, like you said, we got to, this is us. This is yeah, what we do. Yeah, we crack some jokes. So, yeah, the U.S. is currently, uh, according to this source that we have, I'm sure there's different numbers with different sources, but this is the one we're going with. According to this, the U.S. is currently at almost 309,000 cases wow. in the States. Most of those, I'm sure you know, are in New York. But, yes, 308,000 cases in the U.S., followed by Spain, Italy, and Germany. Spain at 126,000, Italy at 124. And then Germany and France, uh, each at 96 and 90,000, respectively. Now, That's China crazy. at this point is reporting only about 82, 83, 82, 83,000 cases active. But <laughs> by this point, I'm sure you guys have read the reports that um, they're not quite reporting good numbers. They have, so. a, they have a history <laughs> Uh, of not reporting quite a, they have a track record right with previous outbreaks right nobody right. wants to tell the rest of the globe hey guys um, we have a, a lot of cases we're the source of the problem right it causes a lot of hate a lot of uh, fear when you start to think about it uh, how many if we just take a look at that dashboard so as Eddie was mentioning that's the John Hopkins dashboard that's what you see on TV the you know big old map with the red dots all over the place I'm pretty sure everyone's familiar with it as they've kind of shown it across almost all the channels that I look at. What is the death toll looking like right now globally? Globally, we're looking at about almost 65,000 deaths uh, with Italy the most at wow. 15,362 according to this resource, followed by Spain at almost 12,000, France at about 7,500. Wow. Um, the UK, 
Iran. And then it starts, this particular resource starts breaking up the regions in China. Yeah, so I'm not quite to. sure. But globally, I mean, if you look at it and you compare it to previous outbreaks, right? People try to, you know, downplay COVID and they crack jokes at quarantining and, and all that. But if you just look at Ebola, for example, Ebola is known, like when you think of Ebola, what do you think of, man? Africa, honestly. Man, I think of blood. I think yeah. of like, you know, scary stuff. 11.3 thousand people died because of Ebola. Right now, we're at 60K. Ebola was across two years. This is three months of this going around globally, right? So I, uh, I think... Maybe a little more, but for us, it feels like three months in the U.S. anyway. Sure. Okay. Right. We'll say five months. You, five months. Five months. This has been going on for five to six months, and it's already killed 60,000 people. Like, this is serious. I have a couple other comparisons just to give you guys an idea of how does COVID-19 stack up against the other outbreaks that we had. So you had uh, SARS that broke out in 2002 to 2003, 770 people died. In uh, 2012 to the present, MERS, because MERS, there's been recent outbreaks of MERS as well, there are 850 deaths. If we look at Ebola, as I explained, Ebola happened between 2014 and 2016, 11.3 thousand deaths. And then you have COVID at 60K. Uh, you have yellow fever that's between 100 and 150K. That was in the late 1800s. Then the only other 2000s outbreak that's of note, swine flu, that killed 200,000 people. And that was between 2009 and 2010. If you look back to 2000, this is the second worst epidemic so far since 2000. So this is very, very serious. It's a very serious topic. And just to, just to throw it out there as well, because you know people always want to talk about the uh, the Black Plague, the bubonic plague, right? That killed everybody. Black Death. That took that was supposedly happened between 1347 and 1351, and it killed roughly around 200 million people. Like that's that's a complete different scale of, of what's going on. So this is definitely not that, right? But if you look at the 2000s, this is number two on the charts right now. Yeah, and so you know it's 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 something that I think. You know, one of the reasons we're putting those numbers out is is to give people a little bit more perspective. And hopefully those people that maybe are not taking it terribly seriously start to. I hope so, because, you know, they keep wanting to talk about, hey, this is the same as the flu, right? This is just a crazy flu. It's a little bit stronger flu. Okay, if we want to look at the flu and compare it to the annual killings of the flu, 47,000. We're already past the annual flu death count, and it's been six months. Yeah, very, 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 very true. Um, now, just to drop a little bit of positivity here, according to our Johns Hopkins dashboard over here, we're looking at currently 246, a little over 246,000 recovered cases. So, you know, just, just you know, yes, there is light at the end of the tunnel for many people that are catching this, but that, that death rate, like you said, is pretty high right now. And um, it's something we really need to, you know, take seriously because... There are places around the world that have decided to do that, but I feel like here in the U.S., we're still not quite there yet, with the exception of a few cities, like New York, Chicago, San Francisco, whatnot, right? Specifically New York and New Jersey in that area, because obviously they have the, the, the largest count right now. So for those new listeners that are just tuning in now with Season 3, please check out the previous episodes. We kind of talk about where we come from and where we're currently stationed. Um, both Eddie and I, we live in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's where the podcast is hosted from. Uh, and so today, maybe let's talk about like Mecklenburg County. So that's the county that we, we live in. And just talk about the lack of social distancing and specifically how we're seeing it happening here in Mecklenburg County. Just recently... Within, I'd say, the last three weeks, finally there was a North Carolina statewide request to shelter in place. Now, sheltering in place just basically means businesses that were not trying to close their doors are now being required to close their doors. Or, in general, just stay at home as much as you can. You can go out for you know some physical activity. You can go out to walk your dog, take your kids out. But mainly the point was, I, I believe the point was to get certain businesses, larger businesses, to take more of a responsible role and tell people to go home. Right? right. You don't have 50, 60 people in your home. But at work, there's probably a chance that you see 50 to 60 people a day just at work. 
So I think that was uh, one thing that they were trying to implement. Most businesses around here, in regards to food, they are providing takeout services where you can call them and say, hey, man, you know, I'm trying to, you know, pick up some food and you can go pick it up. What's very important to remember is that this outbreak is affecting our economy globally and locally very differently. Uh, I would say globally, most companies have an ability to bounce back a little bit quicker. Locally, with the smaller businesses, they don't have that capability. So please keep in mind as you're t- ordering some takeout, these people's salaries are on the line. Give them a little bit more of a tip than you normally would. They're risking their lives to make sure that you have food because we all know the grocery stores are looking a little lean right now. Yeah, yeah, man. So there's there's a lot that's been going on. So just just for those of us, uh, those of you like like Amir said, we're out here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Currently, I'm looking at the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services. So in Mecklenburg County, which is primarily Charlotte, a few other towns, you know, that are in the Charlotte metro area, we're looking at 635 cases confirmed, two confirmed deaths from COVID-19. And again, you know, it's one of those things where we hope that that stay at home or shelter in place, whatever you want to call it, has had an impact on the fact that there aren't thousands of cases in just this county or, or the city of Charlotte. But like you said... It was, was it a week ago? No, Monday, this past Monday. So that would have been looking at a calendar, the 30th, that stay-at-home order kicked in statewide. And so we really think that people need to pay attention to that more. Yes. So one of the things that this order allows us to do is obviously go out for a walk to kind of take in nature and there's, you know, in our opinion, there's a couple of reasons for that is so people don't go insane, you know, because being cooped up at home can does have a toll on you. It does take a heavy toll on you uh, mentally and physically. And so being able to get out and into nature a little bit is, is, is a good way to sort of relieve that and help that out. But, for example, we took a walk on the Greenway last weekend, made it to Freedom Park. And what do we see by the time we make it to Freedom Park? It's people having picnics out, man. <laughs> Not following the social distancing guidelines and stuff. No. And that that really doesn't help us. It makes things worse. It You transmit this disease even if you don't know you have it or if your symptoms are not quite so drastic or whatever. You may still be giving it to somebody else who may in turn give it to someone who could be very well in a life or death situation. Yeah. And so that's one of the things locally that we've really noticed and we've tried to pay attention to because everyone's health is at risk. I mean, you never you don't know if if you get if you if you get the coronavirus, if you're going to be one of those people that's going to suffer severe symptoms. Exactly. Because there's plenty of stories out there where you don't have like even if you're young, even if you're in your 20s or your 30s or even your 40s, you know, technically you're you're still young at that yeah. point, right? There's Thank plenty you. of stories. <laughs> Shout out to all our older listeners. There's I mean, younger of, listeners. Yes, that. There's plenty of stories where even those people in those age ranges go through damn near death experiences and have to be put on ventilators. So it's a serious thing, right? And there's there's a lot of things that we need to do. Stay at home as much as possible. Like Amir said, support your local businesses because a lot of these people are definitely suffering right now. One of our mutual friends and one of my closest friends, for example, works in the service industry. Been basically laid off for three weeks almost. Or Yeah, I think at this point it's like three weeks. Not a great feeling to go through. My, my, my dad has worked in restaurants practically his whole life. Both his places have to basically give him zero hours. You know, they call it reduced hours. So, you know, you can do a couple of things to help yourself financially. And we'll talk about some of that stuff in a minute. But there are so many people that have no income right now or are going to struggle to get income or are going to have a reduced income and it's going to affect people's lives very much, right? And we really want to talk about those people because as Amir said, for larger companies, they're probably going to be okay. They got that thing, you know, the Trump bucks coming on in, you know? It's it's very interesting when people think, okay, the economy's tanking, that means everything's tanking. Uh, when it comes to a global view, yes, but you got to understand that these businesses, this is this is capitalism as, at its finest here in the States. Uh, I have nothing against that. I love the United States. I love this country. I love working here. 
But capitalism, when you really look at it, it's survival of the fittest. Yes. Um, and it, it, you know, people talk a whole bunch of trash about, for example, communism. Like, oh, communism! You ride around on a bicycle all day, and you just you can't have guns, and you can't you know you can't make a living if you want to make money. Okay, true. But the, when you look at, for example, how China reacted to this situation versus how the United States reacted to this situation, China was able to stop the spread a lot quicker, assuming that their numbers are correct, right? Well, assuming that their numbers are trustworthy, they were able to stop the spread significantly quicker than we were. Why? Because literally over there, China, India, those places, there's cops that if they see you on the street, they're catching you, putting you in jail, they're beating you. They're beating you with sticks to get you off the streets. But here in the United States, we're having picnics of five, six, seven people out. Everyone wants to do what they want to do. As long as it doesn't affect me, I'm okay. You have big businesses that know that the government is going to take care of them. So what do they do? They send their employees to for low, quote-unquote for low. They're basically getting as much money from the government as they can. But when it comes to giving back, they're like, no, nah, I, you know, I, I, I want my taxes to be cut. I, want, I don't want to have to pay as much as everybody else. That's my beef with capitalism versus communism. But I'll, I'll hand it back to you. <laughs> yeah, man. So personally, myself, I've been furloughed. Me as well. I've been furloughed now. I know yours is going to be a little bit different. I think you know when you will not be going to work. Um, for those of you that don't maybe, maybe don't understand what a furlough is, it's essentially you're unemployed for a, a certain amount of time where you're not going to work. But you still belong to that company, right? And and what that does is that lets you keep your benefits, so your health care, if you have a four hundred one k account with them, or you know, uh, other other benefits that you might have through your company, you get to keep that. Yes, right. But you but are not getting. You are not getting paid. Yeah, you're not. Right? Getting, and you cannot work. That's one very important yeah. thing. You, by law, are not allowed to work. Right. So the company should provide some sort of letter to you to say, hey. To cover themselves because companies nowadays, they found a loophole here with the stimulus package and forloading people where companies can forlow us, not pay us, but the government is providing them a stimulus package. So we don't work. They don't have to pay us. We can apply for unemployment to receive benefits or to receive money from the government and the businesses also get money from the government. So this is like... 101 leech mentality (laughs) just take everything as you can from the government but at the same time us employees get forload and we don't get our salaries for x amount of time to clarify companies do get a bill you know they have to pay unemployment insurance so it's not like they're not having to pay something to it but they're not paying you a salary and so for example for amir and i it is a fraction of the what they would be paying us for the two weeks that they're going to furlough us. Yes. Right? It is not that entire salary that they would need to originally pay us. And that is one way that they find to keep cash on hand, right? Exactly. Uh, And so, as Amir mentioned, there is this stimulus package that uh, Congress has approved. And I think, I'm pretty sure Donald Trump signed it. I didn't actually read about it, but I'm pretty sure he signed it. Everything has gone into effect. And so what that does is, like Amir is saying... It will provide funds for companies to sort of be able to stay afloat. Obviously, the tourism industry, so airlines, hotels, all that, all the, all of those companies, they, they are probably the ones that are hit the hardest right now, followed by a lot of other companies. So both Amir and I work in manufacturing, and so we're getting hit now because these lockdowns across the globe uh, are shutting these larger companies down, right? Shutting down your supply chain. Yeah, they're, they're shutting down your supply chain. So what happens? When you shut down a supply chain, there's no cash flowing, right? When there's no cash flow, you got to figure out how you keep as much cash on hand so that you can pay whatever employees are working. You can pay the electricity bill. Overhead. Uh, Yeah. So it's it's what we call in the business world labor and overhead, right? And reduce reduce the amount of people that you have to lay off. Right. I don't think it's a decision, an easy decision for any company to make to lay people off. Nobody wants to do that. You're affecting people's lives in a way that... It's not really fair, right? When you look at the United States, the way it works here is you, whenever you leave a job, you're expected to give two weeks notice, right? Just as a courtesy notice to the the company. But when they're laying you off or firing you, they can fire you most places day off, they can tell you. So that's not very fair when I think about it. But as I said before, companies don't want to lay people off. That means like when business comes back, 
Now you have to rehire people or hire new people. Now you have to train them. Now that takes time. Now you have to get them acclimated to your processes. And it's just a lot of overhead that you don't need and don't yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. So again, it is this, these are strategic decisions that are being made. <laughs> uh, excuse my stuttering <laughs> by, by by most of these companies. And, and you know, we we ourselves are going through that. Obviously, you know, I'm sure Amir, you and I are are fortunate enough that. Not getting a paycheck for two weeks is not going to kill us. Oh, bro, I, I already broke out the high heels and, and the, <laughs> the high socks. I'm going on the corner, baby. Hey, hey if you are interested in um, some car cleaning services, I will be <laughs> on the corner of hey, let me tell you what, 15th. And <laughs> I will be uh, the DJ out there playing. Yo perreo sola. Hey, this boy putting bad money on the map. Okay, but 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 seriously, you know. Um, Ahora picheo, hello. <laughs> So, you know, like, like I'm saying, you know, it's not going to kill us. No. Um, but there's a lot of people that it potentially can damage them beyond recovery. Yeah. As, I mean, as Joe Exotic would say, I'm never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> but uh, it's something to keep in mind, right? With the stimulus package that is being handed out to companies, uh, each person is anticipating to receive, what is it, a $1,200 check, right? It's $1,200 uh, per adult with, I believe, a valid social security number. Uh-huh. So if you don't have one, I'm not sure what, or I'm not sure if the legislation was changed or what. Yeah. That's the, the most detail I know about it right now, right? Now, if you're married, you're going to receive 1200 per person. And if you have kids under 18, under the age of 18... Uh, you will get, I think, an extra five hundred dollars per child, per child, per qualifying child. That's nice. Um, and also, that's a one time. Yes, Keep in mind, yes. That's a one this time. is a one time check. Now, when we talk about unemployment, most <coughs> unemployment across the U.S. is individually handled by the state, by each state. And so, here in North Carolina, the max you can get from an unemployment check is three hundred and fifty dollars. Now, with the federal funding coming through, the max you can get before taxes, keep that in mind, before taxes is $950. If you max out the state's income, which is calculated based on your income. So the smaller, the lower the income you have, potentially you're going to get less than $350, okay? A week on a weekly basis. But don't worry. In 2021, our taxes are going to pay back yeah. everything yeah. that we've so, been taking. So, and again, you know, this is where I think people are very kind of excited or happy that this stimulus package was signed. Uh, but Uncle Sam is going to get his back. Listen, Uncle Sam is like the casino. They always win. The house yeah. always wins. And I feel bad for whoever is the president in 2021 because whoever it is, say is Donald Trump again. He's gonna he's gonna have to hit us with those big taxes to make that money back, right? If it's somebody new, they're gonna say, "Oh, look, he raised taxes, fucking asshole." Blah 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 blah. When in reality, it's lagging, right? It's because of what's going right. on today. So, yes, the government is stepping in to give us money, but that tax season next year is gonna be is gonna be something new. Right? It's gonna be something different. It won't be pleasant for a lot of people. Yeah. However, thinking about the now, it's it, it, it is a good thing. But I think what, what I would like to chime in on that is the reason that we are in such a hole right now or, or the, big, the real big problem economically. I've spoken to a couple of our friends about it. It's not like the housing crisis in 2008 when it was a credit issue. This right now is a cash flow issue. No. What that means is that the reason the government is trying to give, give people this money is so that they can spend it. Yes. Okay. Problem is, a lot of people are not going to spend it. A lot of people are just going to hold on to it because it is such an uncertain time. Yeah. Right? On top of the fact that there are so many supply chains that are right now operating in a very limited capacity, that there's not a lot of spending to be had. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you just look at the supply chain across the globe, they, they have qualified they try to qualify companies as life sustaining right so anything that's life sustaining can operate can continue to operate but if you look at for example india the whole country was on lockdown and it's not even like a not a shelter in place not a work in limited capacity no it's, it's shut locked down yeah 
Like in that, when you look at your suppliers, most things are not made in the United States. I don't care what, you know, everyone's trying to, you know, preach that made in America thing. But think about it when you're spending $40 on a t-shirt versus $10 if you got it from China, companies, corporate America is not going to do that. They're going to continue to produce everything overseas where it's cheaper. But when you look at it, even if the United States comes back operational and we figure things out, all of our suppliers are still shut down. It's a lagging effect. Until the suppliers get back up and running, no, no manufacturing company is going to be able to operate very well. They're not going to be able to produce a lot. No. Because you, you have limited inventory. You're basically going to sell what you have. But when you need to get more, guys aren't working to give you more. Right. And again, it's because companies need to preserve cash to have on hand to pay their bills, to pay whatever they need to pay, right? So it, 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 is, it is a huge deal, something that I think people maybe don't quite fully understand the scale of it and the economics behind it. And this is very elementary. I'm, yeah. We're not saying we're experts at it well, either. <laughs> but obviously, like us both working in manufacturing, we get a firsthand experience of just how intricate these supply chains are yeah. and how quickly this thing snowballs. Oh, man. It's and crazy. so it, 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 I saw this, I think, on social media. And it is very true. There are so many people that live paycheck to paycheck. But guess what? There's also a ton of companies that live paycheck to paycheck. That was right? very surprising. I would not have thought about that. But it's true. Right. As, as highly valued as some of these companies are, a lot of these companies, they have no incentive to keep a lot of cash on hand. You always are trying to recirculate that money into your economy to grow or whatever. Right. It's the stock price. It's also if you're a publicly traded company, it's also to drive your stock prices. So if you, for example, make cash, you're able to invest more in your company. That also means you're able to invest in new products, <coughs> new systems, maybe more eco-friendly solutions, right. which drives your stock price up. Right. Right. And so because of that, companies really do, in a, in a certain way, live paycheck to paycheck. Um, and that's why there's such a big cash flow problem. That's why so many companies really quickly go to these measures of furloughing people or laying people off. There are there, Obviously, there are layoffs that have happened across the globe. Yeah. Now, one impressive fact I, I, I learned right before I was, you know, I was talking to one of the managers I work with, uh, happened to read an article. Who do, give me a guess, and I, I don't know if I actually mentioned this to you. Mm -hmm. There's one company right now that we know of that has enough cash to survive for two years without selling a dime right now who is Bro, it it's a hundred percent it's gotta be the charming company that makes toilet paper. <laughs> those dudes i cannot find toilet paper in any store i am tired of the dollar tree toilet paper <coughs> that's literally ivan drago versus my asshole and i i can't i can't take this anymore i can't it's it, i'm struggling man this is sandpaper i uh I would almost agree with you because I'm on the same struggle bus right Why there. Why are people buying toilet paper? I don't know, man. People freaked out and I don't understand that either. Man, when um, it snows, people buy eggs, milk, and bread, which I don't understand either. Why are you going to buy five gallons of milk and 20 cartons of egg when that's going to go bad in two weeks? Well, the eggs might last, but the milk ain't going to last you. I mean, but the toilet point. paper. Yeah. Where did the toilet paper... It can't, Bro, it was a left hook out of nowhere, bro. I did not see the toilet paper coming. It would drove so I'm, I'm guessing Charmin or whatever the other toilet paper companies are. That's a good guess, great guess, but no, it's actually Apple. Okay, okay. Apple, Apple is I think one of the few companies that has enough cash to survive an extended period of time, basically without selling anything else, uh -huh. right? And 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 that is very, to me, wasn't necessarily surprising, but they're a tech company. Like what you didn't know is they make eye paper. <laughs> It's new. It's new on the Coming show. soon to an Apple store near you. <laughs> I think. Uh, so, it, it's really surprising to find that out and to experience that. And, and, and you know, it, it just, everything trickles down to the little people. Yeah. Right? So, and you're right when it comes to Apple because I've been keeping an eye on the stock market. Which, by the way, guys, this, and I, we're not trying to make this into like a, like a real techie type talk. But those of you that have money that you are able to invest, this is the time. We haven't seen an economic case like this since 2008, right? Millionaires were made overnight in 2008, all right? Millionaires were made broke, and then they were also made millionaires vice versa, right? 
this is the time to invest your time, especially if you're for load or you're you know unemployed or you know you have a little bit more time on your hands. Do the research. Take, do your homework. Compile some money that you want to invest in the stock market, and it's time to make something back. This is a great opportunity. Apple they uh, hit quite a big snag when they had to shut down a lot of their stores earlier this year. I think it was in March mainly that they shut down their stores, but now they're starting to open up back. But if you compare them to, for example, like Boeing. Boeing stock price dropped from $396 to $90. $396 a share to $90. And then now it's barely trying to climb back, right? So this might be the time to start investing in that. Right, and right. Companies that, that, again. Is, that, is, that is a very good point to make. But again, obviously, we're not, we're not saying go gamble your money on this. Don't, don't do that. This is look, definitely if, look, if you've got some extra cash on hand. 3%. 3% send it to 1 out of 10 we recommend once you make the big bucks <laughs> because we gave you the idea first. Now, if you lose, uh, yeah, I don't know. We're not, uh, <laughs> banks closed. <laughs> let's it's change it up, man. Let's, let's change it up now. So we talked about the economy. We talked about COVID and kind of a little <coughs> bit of a history behind it. But how is this affecting people day to day? How about a country that's on lockdown or that's experiencing a more significant lockdown than the United States, like Spain, for example. I know we have a mutual friend that's in Spain that's experiencing a little bit of a different situation than us. Yeah, so our friend Dana, which by the way, find her on Instagram at the sprouting period sunflower. That's the sprouting period sunflower. Uh, and it's it's sort of, she's, she's kind of an artist and she really focuses on mental health and diversity. Um, so she's always got some great content coming out. So make sure to follow her. But yes, she's currently in Spain. She's living in Spain. She's been living there uh, for a few months now. Obviously, she, she could not have foreseen what was what was going to happen, right? But earlier this morning, I actually had a conversation with her, um, and it was really, really eye-opening uh, to see her perspective on everything. So maybe if I ask you a couple questions here about your interview. So the first one is, what has the entire experience been like for her with the first round of the coronavirus in Spain until now? It, 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 was, uh, it was actually surprised me exactly what happened as, through her eyes, right? So here in the U.S., as you guys know, um, it's varied depending on where you live. Some places had to react quicker. Quick, quicker. quicker. <laughs> uh, but for example, for her... Things at first felt very distant, and and mind you, the way they that she experienced it, the first couple of cases that they heard about uh, was in Madrid, right? One or two cases that kind of say it happened. ain't so. Say it's at least Barcelona, bro. Oh. Before Madrid, yeah. say it ain't so, bro. It started in Madrid. What started in Madrid? Started in Madrid. As By the way, as, guys, I, I'm a big Madrid fan. Madrid and I'm a, soccer I'm a, I'm fan. I'm an Bar- FC Barcelona fan. So FC you know, Barca Caca fan. It's it's a lovely it's a lovely relationship over here. And they're rivals. So. But yes, they are rivals. So, due to self isolation orders, uh, they felt safe. I mean, she told me she felt safe. But two weeks later, that one to two turned to a few thousand. Hmm. Okay. Wow. And that's when their worry started to to really hit them. Two days after these cases sort of were brought to light, that it went from like two or three to a couple thousand, it went from basically your self-isolation to day three of talking about this, a full-on quarantine. So unlike here, where we started with, you know, we recommend you guys social distance and then the stay-at-home order and we've been and on the, the stay-at-home right. right we've been on this sort of like slow gra- slow gradual gradually building to a full-out quarantine for the last several weeks and even new york even new york didn't go to a full-out quarantine right away right they went from zero zero to 100 real quick right so basically in her experience in a span of three days they went from a pretty normal life to a full-out quarantine. Wow. The only way they can get out of their homes is to go buy groceries and pharmaceuticals. Wow. That's it. Wow, right? man. Is their media as open with the, the public as they are here? Did so she mention anything about She that? didn't mention much about the media. But one thing that really struck me that she mentioned was how compliant people have been with the quarantine order. How little resistance the entire country, or at least Barcelona, as she has experienced, 
has been with the quarantine order. She says there have been a few bad apples that have gone out, you know, defying the quarantine order. But for the most part, people are staying home. And so one of the things that struck me when I was talking to her, she said, there very much is a sense of community in Spain, and at least in Barcelona, through what she's, uh, she's sort of experienced, right? And so she actually said, because the country did react, in her opinion, a little too late, but still their reaction was very swift once they did take action, she feels safe. She feels relatively <clears throat> safe, even though Spain has been one of the hardest hit in the whole world by this situation. So she does feel safe. But, you know, going on through her experience, things were very difficult to process. This was a very surreal thing because you go from enjoying life in Barcelona, right, to not being able to do anything. Man, so how, how has she coped with that? So it's been tough. You know, she she mentioned to me that there were there and she would even admit that she's not fully acclimated to things. Right. Um, and so one of the things that she said is what really happens to her and what happened to a lot of people she knows there is you kind of lose motivation to do what you what, what you can do. She, she's uh, she was over there for some grad program. Right. And they 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 still had classes and some work to do and things of that nature. But she struggled to get motivated to do that. Right. I think um, a lot of people are seeing that as well. Yeah. Nowadays, what I've experienced, so I'm pretty active in my personal life. I really like to take care of my body as much as I can. I'm getting older. I'm 27 now. Certain things are hurting that didn't used to hurt. Hell, I went for a run the other day. I came back. I got that fascial plantitis, whatever the hell it's called in your foot. Man, I went for a jog. I didn't even go for a sprint. I went for a jog and now I can't walk. Bottom of my foot feels like I'm being stabbed. Right. So... I have been trying to be a little bit more active. Now, with the gyms being closed and stuff like that, what I've noticed here is there's a lot more people on the trails, running trails, right. and a lot more people walking out, which I think is a, is a positive habit. It's a, it's a risky habit, and I know I'm partaking in it, but whenever I go run, it's typically just me running. Nobody joins me. It's me running through well, – the, the more I say it, me running through crowds, the worse it sounds. <laughs> right? But I think it's an opportunity for some people – to motivate themselves to do a little bit better. Like, hell, Eddie, you and I, we even cleaned out the whole apartment. Like, dusted it, cleaned out the carpet, like, took the carpet outside, cleaned it out. Like, that's shit that we never do. Yeah, I mean, just so people know, we do clean our apartment. Oh, we do. Oh, we, yeah. We just, we just cleaned it a lot more than we normally do. Like, we did some extra shit. Like, yeah. some stuff that, I guess, you know, spring cleaning is coming around or whatever, so it's perfect time to do it. But definitely did extra things, right? And so... Through her experience, though, that first week, she went into kind of plan mode. But then as that second week hits, she loses that motivation, right? You run out of things. Yeah, I think is one yes. Of you do run out of things to do, but more so because you're confined, you don't know how to handle it. And, and that's the thing. That's where you, the loss of control leads you to kind of shut down. And that's sort of what she was communicating that, you know, it's just you don't know what to do. You don't know how to do it. You can't, you can't do it. Right, and so, and, and for people here that are in the states, please keep in mind their shelter in place is a lot different than ours. Eddie mentioned you can only go to the pharmacy and to get groceries. Otherwise, more than likely, there's people getting pulled over just you know as they're yes. going to the grocery and they're saying, "Hey, where you're going?" Right, and they're and they're tracking them. Here in the states, you can go out for a run. Right, so we still, even under the current shelter in place, we have a lot more freedoms than they do in Spain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, so you can. So when people think, "Oh, well," I, why, she, why doesn't she just do what we did? Well, because you get bored, you go outside, go have a picnic in the yard with seven of your best friends drinking beer and shit, right? They can't do that over there. No, no. It is illegal. It is illegal. And she, she used those words exactly. Do you think she, they should do that here? How do, you think, how do you think the United States would react to that? I think oh, it would God. be very different. I think it would be very difficult. Um, I think we would have a lot more people defying those orders. Why uh, are we so fucking defiant? So her and I actually talked about this a little bit, and it's because I think, like I mentioned, they have more of a sense of community, of understanding that their actions do affect their people around them. I think in the States, and it's not necessarily a terrible thing, but in situations like this, it is not a great thing, where it's about me. It's about I. It's about the, 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 the ability for you to go out and do your best. And to have you have these liberties being an American, living in the U.S., 
that some of the countries you don't or just our culture in general is very egocentric and so we want to do whatever the fuck we want to do you're not making it sound bad right so let's make sure everybody understands that what eddie mentioned i I agree with you 100 percent. yeah i and it's not a bad thing i mean it's got us to where we are today right you know i always say if you can't take care of yourself you can't take care of anybody else right and that's both mentally and physically but at certain times like this it should not be a me conversation. It should be a we conversation. Yeah, yeah. It's in times like these where that mentality actually works against us. Yeah. Right? Uh, so for her, you know, now she's, she's wrapping up week three of this isolation. And there's still a bit of a block. She's still kind of feeling unmotivated. But you asked me what really says kind of kept her going through it, right? And it's, it's talking to family. It's talking to friends here back in the States. And also uh, actually sort of... She lives with a few roommates, you know, locals up there in Spain. And she said, you know, as soon as we hit, we heard about this, we sort of talked about, you know, how are we going to help each other, right? You know, they go to the grocery store and they they all buy different things and then they all use those different things, right? Sort of like what you and me are doing here. You know, you buy the coffee, I buy the eggs, yeah, yeah, yeah. I buy the creamer, you buy the coffee filters or whatever. And, and you know, you buy some toilet paper if you find it. And, oh, don't and touch my toilet paper. <laughs> And we'll both lift I'm off a, of that for I'm now. I'm stabby if you go right. after my charming. I got yeah. some Ivan Drago approved toilet paper that I you can too. use. No, I'm using the same damn thing. <laughs> um, but that's sort of the mentality that you kind of need to have, right? That's what we don't. That's why the damn shelves ran out of toilet paper. Yeah. Because it was a me thing. It's a me right? thing. I need 45 rolls of toilet paper to get me through 2035 yeah. right now. Right at this damn time. No, man. Get you two rolls. You're good. When you need more, go back. Either that or stop shitting. Train your body to stop shitting. Stop eating so fucking much. Stop eating all these damn quarantine snacks, hitting that quarantine 15 like it owes you money, and you'll stop shitting. That's the way it works. Reduce the intake. Reduces the amount that comes out of you. Yeah. So it it was really kind of nice to hear that that's how they're treating it, even though obviously it's it's a huge deal, that that they, they do have that sense of community and that sense of... We need to help each other out, right? And I think that's what's really helping her, that she does feel safer. She does feel safer there and talking to her family. And another thing that's keeping her calm is, you know, she mentioned that most of her friends are all right, even if they've been laid off or furloughed or whatever, that they're not in a bad situation, right? That there, there is a safety net for them there. And also her family lives in more of a rural area, so they're able to isolate themselves yeah. more. And you mentioned States. so you mentioned something there that I want to kind of hit on a little bit more. It's the fact that this isn't the end of the world, right? And people, <coughs> yes, you get forloaded, yes, you get laid off, but the type of mentality that we need to have right now is that nothing is going to permanently stop me right now. I'm not going to blame my company for laying me off. I'm not going to blame anybody for the situation that I'm in today. What I need to do is start planning on how to get back on my feet, right? And if that means that certain things have to take the back burner certain vacations, certain things that you want to buy, whatever it may be, this is your time to take your destiny into your hands and do the right thing and get back on your feet. If you, I mean, say the restaurant shops open back up and you were a manager of a company before, guess what, man? There's jobs available for you. They might not be the same job that you want, but you got to get some type of income and you got to get start somewhere, right? Yeah. So have that type of mentality. Now, a question for you there, Eddie. What has she learned from this entire experience there? A big part of that is 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 the community thing, yeah. Um, because she really emphasized that um, how hopefully people in the U.S. learn from that. But really, it, it's been more about how much complaining we do. I think that's that that's been her biggest lesson. Um, she, she 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 really just said it like that. How much how much we complain and how how much we really take things for granted. Holy the shit! The liberties man. that we have here. Because I told her I was like, yeah, here you know I'm still allowed to go out. You know, take a walk. You know, you and I go and go for a walk or whatever. We live together. That's 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 not against the order because, you know, we're exposed to each other all the fucking time. Man, I don't know what the hell this man's got, but 100% whatever. Oh, I'll take that. Wait, hold on. No, no. <laughs> Maybe certain things you have, I have. But if it, yeah, at this point, if you would have some type of sickness uh, related to like upper respiratory, <clears throat> more than likely I would have it too. Right. And that's the sixth cough. I've heard, bro. I'm keeping tabs over here. If I hear three more, I might have to call up the CDC and say, CDC. Boris, come on in, Boris. We got a case right here. I'm a small fry for the CDC. (laughs) But uh, but anyway, she she really mentioned that. And uh, 
I mean, definitely sounds like she wishes she had those liberties. Oh, of course. But at not. the same time, she understands that what she's doing and what they're doing is for the better. It's for a quicker reaction. The quicker people start doing everything that the rest of the world is doing, the, the quicker we here at home start doing yeah. what everybody else is in the world is doing, the quicker the shit's going to be over. Yeah. 2020 summer is still an opportunity, people, unless you keep going to have fucking picnics of you and 10 of your closest friends and you guys are all sharing fucking alcohol. Like, stop, stop. The quicker you guys start complying with these rules, the quicker we all, we, we, not you, we comply with these rules, yeah. the quicker we'll be back on our feet. Yeah, and a, and a few of the things we talked about to kind of wrap up our, our, the, the conversation that I had with her was uh, a few things that she hopes people are learning is the need for a livable wage for a lot of people. Uh, because, you know, we've always talked about how the minimum wage is not a livable wage. And yeah. there are so many people that are affected this, by this right now where you make less than $10 an hour. And because of that, you can't have any savings. Because of that, when this hits, it's devastating. And think about it like this. Nobody is invincible. Say we're talking about livable wages, right? Now imagine you're somebody that is making $150,000 a year. You have a $300,000 house. You have two car payments. You have two kids that we're going to school, college, and you're paying for all those bills. I don't care what anybody says, to a certain extent, you are living paycheck to paycheck as well. So you get laid off, right? And now you have to still pay. House payments are still there. And you know people try to say, oh, well, they're making all this money. They should have stuff saved. Yes, but you have a different lifestyle as well. Yeah. And you acclimate to your lifestyle, and then you put a certain amount back into your savings, right? But it doesn't mean that if you cut off the source the inflow of money that you're still able to have that same type of lifestyle. And like you guys know, a 20-year mortgage, you can't just say, hey, I'm not paying my 20-year mortgage no more, or hey, I'm not going to pay for my car payments anymore. You're going to lose that. So this is something that this type of wages and stuff, it's affecting everybody. Yeah. Because say, for example, we're making that type of money, and now the government says, hey, here's 600 bucks. Here's 900 bucks to pay, you know, your your house rent. Well, shit, my house rent is 1,400 bucks a month, right? Now, I have a big house, right? Because my previous job allowed me to have that. What am I going to do with 900 bucks? I can't pay for this house. I'm getting repossessed. Guaranteed. It's yeah, coming. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it's really crazy to think about all that, right? But there are people that are definitely probably going through that situation. Like you said, you acclimate to your lifestyle. Some people don't acclimate the way they need to. Yes. And that's why we, we end up in this situation. And, and again, it's the whole me, me, I need this, I need that. Um Man, it was so funny, man. On my social media a couple, well, it was yesterday, right? April 2nd. Um, I posted, I'm in a group chat, and a buddy of mine sent me this picture. It was hilarious. It was about uh, the stimulus package and the $1,200 that we're supposed to receive. Uh, he sent it to me, and it, it, it looked like a screenshot of his bank account. And there it said plus $1,200, and it said treasury COVID response. I didn't realize it spelled treasury wrong, first of all. And second of all, there were some funky transactions underneath it that I didn't notice. But all I saw was that plus 1200 And I was like, oh, shit. Like, he got it. Let me go check my bank account. I look at mine, and there's nothing there. And, man, I laughed so, so hard when I saw the other transactions, uh, inappropriate transactions. And I posted. So I decided, that, hey, man, I'm going to post that on my social media get a couple laughs out of people. <coughs> You'd be surprised how many replies I got. That were like, how did you get this? I didn't get this. That's not fair. Why? How did you get this before me? Kind of thing. And I'm like, whoa. Maybe take a look at those other transactions before. <laughs> <laughs> I don't spend three hundred dollars on romantic short films. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love the uh, romantic, romantic short. short films. Use your imagination, people. <laughs> Use your imagination, right? So I definitely got a feeling of that whole me posting it as like a joke kind of thing. And then it turning from like a we to a me kind of conversation. Yeah, no, and, and it's amazing how quickly and how, how we're trained basically to, to think like that, right? Yeah. It was really eye-opening for me to have this conversation with her. Again, shout out to Dana. Thank you so much for doing that for us for this episode because I think it's important for people to see these different perspectives and all these different effects that, 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 that COVID-19 is having yes. on our And society. appreciate how we still have certain liberties that some people don't Absolutely. have. Absolutely. Before, and you know, they might get taken away from us too. But understand, it's for the benefit of, of all everybody. of us. Of yeah. us. Us. All right, man. So the next question that I have for you is, what does recovery look like? I don't know. 
I think that's that's another thing that I talk with Dana too is we don't really know yet, right? Even even though there are countries that are starting to see the recovery process go through, we're different. We're different in the sense that we're much larger than some of these European countries. And obviously there are questions about China's numbers yeah. as well. So it's 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 really, really scary to think to un- to understand that we don't know what this recovery process yeah. looks like. And I'm willing to bet this is going to change our society in very like significant ways, I think. For one, uh, I think you and I had this conversation a few days ago about oil prices and how unstable that entire industry became and how quickly a lot of investors, a lot of people in big business are like, oh, crap, this is not a sustainable source of energy because of the fluctuations. And there's a lot more conversations now about electric cars. Yeah. There's a lot more conversations now also about climate change, yeah. right? And the oil industry is very interesting because it's one of the only infrastructures where the higher the price of, of the commodity, the higher the demand is. It's weird. Typically, you have like the higher the price, the lower the demand, right? But with oil, the higher the oil price goes, the more companies want to start mining for oil, the more companies want to start producing petroleum and converting it to something that's usable, right? So that's a little bit interesting. Like right now, we're looking at oil prices that have, it's like the lowest they've been in the 2000s. It's like last time I looked, 21? What's that? $21 a barrel. Like that is crazy. For for reference, people, um, experts have stated the oil industry can't survive if oil prices are below like forty or thirty-five dollars a barrel. It's, it's about to it's about to be very interesting, right? In the next coming, I mean, year. because there, there's just no margins. There's no way people. There's no gain. There's no margin. There's no. Profit, no incentive from, from yeah from that from such a low price in in petroleum and oil yeah right and this is another opportunity for me to show off my good old economy tactics economy skills here so this is a good opportunity to start looking at different stocks that focus on renewable resources yeah. and energy yeah. for example solar I know solar right now is one of the hot market buys where you're replacing the oil industry, but you're replacing it with something that is green, right? And a lot of these governments give you tax breaks and a tax right, incentives right, right. to go green, right? So this is a good opportunity because those stock price, those stocks used to be very expensive. Now they've dropped. This is a good opportunity to invest in. <clears throat> right. And those renewable resources, obviously, they're, they're going to pick back up because of this exposure yeah. to, to the weakness or the vulnerability of the oil industry, among other things. I mean, I'm sure there's things that... I haven't read up or talked about, um, but you know it's changing how people are thinking. And as bad as the situation is, that is a good thing that's coming out of it. Yeah, you know? I think when I think of recovery, man, I don't think recovery is quick. No, I don't not think recovery is until probably Q four of twenty twenty. That's, that's, that's when you start. start. That's when you start to see it. Exactly, yeah. and that's not like everything's back to normal, right? That's 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 when we start to recover in Q four. Uh, and by Q4, we're talking October, November, December 2020. Yes, uh, yes. Because even though once these restrictions get lifted, things have to pick back up before yeah. they start to look like normal. Yes. Uh, if you look at the economy and supply chains, we're lagging. That's typically how it goes. Everything lags behind currently what's going on. Uh, with that being said, I also think one of the biggest effects or one of the, uh, I guess, the biggest limitations to recovery would also be the different societies that are at play here. Right? So you have a lot of different mentalities that are in the melting pot right now. And it all depends on us looking at it as a globe and everybody coming together and saying, look, we need to instate this like country to country globally. That's the only way we're going to be able to stop this. Another thing that's affecting my recovery date is the fact that there's still no clear cure. Right? I don't think we'll be able to get a, be- a really good estimate on a recovery date until there is a vaccine in play. Once there is a vaccine in play that can limit this, it's going to stop a second surge of this. Because if, yes, we quarantine at home, we get away from everybody, numbers, we flat, quote unquote, flatten the curve, right? We stop that exponential growth, but there's no cure for it. So we stop the growth, 
uh, different countries say, hey, it's okay to go back outdoors. Bada bing, bada bang, we're right back in the fucking battlefield, right? There's no fix for it yet. So until there's a fix for it, we're going to see a second surge. As we are seeing in China, I believe. China's, I think they're starting yeah, to see an uptick. There's talks about different provinces and regions in China where they're reinstating a lot of these stay-at-home orders mm-hmm. because they're seeing that second surge. So you're right. And just so people, I think, know, there's a lot of talks about this or that. This company or that company has found a cure and they're testing it. And some of them are legit. A lot of them aren't. Understand that CDC, I believe CDC, don't quote me on this, has stated that it's most of the time you don't see a vaccine or a cure until a year later. Yeah. Because it takes that long to understand a virus and to really fully figure out how to stop all its uh, sort of consequences. Like, you know, it we're still learning how this thing spreads, where this thing catches. Like, is it airborne? Is it not? When it first started, people didn't think it was airborne. Guess what? Weeks later, it's airborne. Yeah. Right? Does it stick? How long does it stick to surfaces? People weren't sure how long it survived on surfaces. Yeah. And those numbers keep changing. And at the same time, you don't want to rush a vaccine <clears throat> because if you rush the vaccine... You're going to give people, you're basically giving people the strands of the virus and then letting your body like build up an immunity to it. It's not good to just keep pumping things into your body, right? And at the same time, certain things that are tested and proven, anti-vaxxers listening here, please listen, uh, take these different immunizations to build up herd immunity, meaning that the more people have immunity to a certain disease, the less likely it is to spread. Those I'm a-okay with, but until there's a proven vaccine, don't get too excited when they start talking about, hey, we have our first round of tests, right? Because they will never pass a vaccine just to pass it, right? I know there's uh, in Germany, there was a vaccine that they were talking about is helping with the coronavirus. Yes, but it only helped a certain subset of people. Like it wasn't a cure-all for everybody. <laughs> right. But yeah, you're right. I mean, this, this, it is a long process and I think some people are being misled. Yes. Guarantee you, this won't be the last pandemic we'll have. True. And the more people there are out and about in the world, the more frequent these things are going to happen. We didn't really touch on it in this episode, but there's always a generation of kids, you know, the generations. You have, what is it? You have the boomers, right? Which, which these kids nowadays, these quarantine kids are calling the coronavirus the boomer remover right the fucking assholes. oh my god dude Assholes, that's the terrible but you got what you got the boomers you got generation y generation x millennials all those what are we gonna call these kids that are born because people have way too much time with their hands now i mean it's simple during the quarantine they're, 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 they're you know the quarantine is gonna lead to a lot of uh what's it called uh maternity wards full in probably December, <laughs> January, February, right? Um, so you're going to have this generation of Corona kids. Bro, and, Corona kids! And, uh, dude, it's, just, it's too easy, man. You know, by the time they hit their teenage years, they're going to be the quarantines, Quarantine. right? So, and I, I told, we totally stole that shit from, from social media, but... Not it, the know, Corona kids. Corona not the Corona kids. kids. Was a, corona kids was one out of ten of boo. That, that, that was from us. Trademark that. Trademark that shit. So, yeah, man, there's going to be, you know... A bunch of, yeah. I think a surplus of people coming yeah, through. So. <laughs> more than likely, and, and this is more maybe more for the conspiracies that are going around. They're talking about okay, Bill Gates created a virus that killed people. Well, because we're quarantining so much, everyone's going around knocking boots a little bit more often than than before. We're probably all the people that are dying are probably going to be reborn here. <laughs> come, come January. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I know we had that conversation. I think it was yesterday. Guys, one, if Bill Gates wanted to make a virus to kill off and decrease the population by a significant amount, it wouldn't be this because it it's not killing enough people yeah. if that's what he wanted to do. Okay? <laughs> exactly. Number one. Yeah. Number two, he's if Amir and I can figure this out, I'm sure Bill Gates, the richest man in the world who founded Microsoft and is pouring millions and millions into research on stopping this thing, I'm sure he figured it out too. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So uh, it's something I'm a little fiery about yeah. because... It's just, there's such poor logic behind it. Poor logic. But, but anyway. But all right, let's wrap this episode up. So I want to say a special thank you to Dana again. Thank you for spending some time with us today, giving us your first, first-hand impression of what's going on in Spain. I also want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, it's been, I know it's been a little bit of a, 
a gap between our seasons, but this is something that we enjoy doing, and we're back at it again. Yeah, man, um, it feels good to be back. It, it really does. What we are going to try to do now, guys, is also give you guys a preview of what is to come. So we've started this season off with quite a bit of a serious topic. You know, we hope you guys like the little jokes we throw in there. If you didn't laugh, just pretend like you did. You know, <laughs> the jokes were good or whatever. This might not be the podcast for you. <laughs> but next episode, guys, uh, we're going we're gonna to touch a little bit of a lighter subject. Uh, with this quarantine stuff happening and there's a lot of new trends coming out. Bored in the half and you have fucking fuck to the fuck up. <laughs> God, so, so annoying. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about a few trends that uh, probably need to stop. Probably 100% beef, man. Probably 100% beef, man. If you listen to season two, you'll know what we're talking about. <laughs> but we'll talk about some trends that need to stop, okay? Uh, that's it for this episode, guys. Once again, shout out to Dana. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences, guys. Please go follow her at the sunflower on Instagram. Awesome content. She's a super positive person. Thank you so much for sharing everything you shared with us for this episode. Then again, also, also follow us on Instagram at one out of ten would recommend. Uh, that's where we are most active. Hit us at the DMs, man. Hey. Let us know what y'all want us to talk about, guys. We love to interact more with you. We are we stepped it up last season with getting more posts and putting more on our stories and stuff. We're gonna try to ramp that up even more as we go. This is something we do as a hobby, but definitely hit us up again again on Instagram at 1 out of 10 would recommend. We'd love to hear more from you guys. But for now, peace out, Girl Scouts.